Welcome to the 24th meeting of Junto Club. On this episode, we talk about a couple that spent the last four months a little too close together and celebrate the centennial of the Chinese Communist Party. Our main topic examines human tribalism or the common us-versus-them mentality people have. We discuss the evolutionary underpinnings of this type of thinking and consider what tribes we belong to. For any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. Junto Club. Welcome to the 24th meeting of Junto Club. So the Junto Club uh, consists of the three of us, Matthew O'Brien, Xu Zhang, and myself, Michael Patnati. It's based on Benjamin Franklin's Junto Club from the early 18th century, which was a club for improvement, or I guess mutual improvement and self-improvement, where members would discuss science, philosophy, politics, and whatever else interested them in an in an attempt to better understand the world around them and each other and themselves. So uh, we model our Junto Club on that and discuss things that interest us. So today we are discussing, uh, we're discussing sort of tribalism, the neural underpinnings of tribalism. And uh, yeah, and we start every episode by going with a quote from Benjamin Franklin. So I'll turn it over to Shu to give that quote. Mm, all right. All right. So before we get there, why are you interested in the tribalism, this and us mentality? I mean, I guess just, I mean, I, I, I guess just because our world has become like, I mean, no matter what sort of controversial topic you look into, it's mm-hmm. very much like a two-sided debate i guess and also like so on social media it's constantly like you're on one side or the other of a particular issue so i mean i think that online discussions and sort of just day-to-day life are often framed as us versus them now and also i will say like uh and and we will get more into this i guess as we go to the main topic but uh i think the sort of uh, like more and more if you're associated with one, like if you take a particular like strong stance on whatever topic you might imagine, whether it be abortion or, you know, like you're like a hardcore, like, you know, GOP or like mm-hmm. you're a hardcore Democrat, like you're you, like that immediately like locks in like a, a ton of issues Mm-hmm. You know, or like, you know, people associate like a ton of different things um, with you when you sort of make that claim, as opposed to just, you know, you are, you know, a Democrat or you are a Republican and that, you know, that sort of single thing is true. It yeah. instead, you know, see, implies many, many things about you, some of which are not, in, I guess, innately political or inherently mm-hmm. political, so. Okay. So it was interesting. So I guess basically the idea was like, is like the fact that we have that sort of mentality to very quickly go, you know, to associating many things with one thing. Like I wanted to understand why that so is. So you are curious about night. Like, what you are also curious about night. Like, 
the neuroscience behind like that, right? That, yeah, 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 yeah. That's mentality. Yeah, exactly. Right, so is right. that inherent or is that more of a construct? Gotcha. All right. Cool. So, uh, well, so to start, I guess, uh, as per usual, a quote from Benjamin Franklin. I think this quote is very appropriate to, you know, when we are, people are talking, usually night, night podcasts, you know. So the quote is, uh, quote, it is ill manners to silence a fool and cruelty to let him go on, end quote. Any thoughts? You're saying this is appropriate for a podcast. Definitely throwing some shots here at ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like this one's pretty straightforward, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. basically, even if it's rude, you know, yeah. uh, it's worse to let someone make a fool of themselves. It's like the classic, you have food stuck in your teeth, right? It's a little embarrassing to point it out, but it's worse to just let the person go around with it. Yeah. Yeah, this this reminds me of my uh, PTSD of the Bitcoin episode that we did. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys just you guys just let me go on. It's like we let so you go cruel. on too long. <laughs> we all, we all got to learn lessons, you know. We got to learn the lessons now while no one's actually watching this, and then when you're True. famous in the future, you'll know how to be entertaining. True. All right. So yeah. So if uh, during this episode, I, if I interrupt you, you know. It's not that I was being rude. I would. I just don't want to be cruel to you. You know. That's right. Implying we are fools. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna make it a game to interrupt Mike every chance I get. Uh, mm-hmm. Please do. I mean, I uh, I often ramble on topics that I don't well organize, but mm. no, like I know a fair bit about them, but I haven't like organized the thoughts. So I'll just mm. ramble. Got so. you. Got you. All right. All so. Right. Let's let's so start with a couple of mini topics that I have uh, found interesting uh, this week. The first one, uh, you know, since I think this month is not Pride Month, right? The July. That was or last June? month. Oh, okay, it was last month. So anyway. Oh yeah, so that's this, right. It's July. <laughs> hey, have you have you heard about the Pride boat rescue? No, no. So apparently, so this, uh, so uh, a few night. Uh, People was like boating on a, on a lake or somewhere, uh, or maybe, uh, and then they have like uh, pride uh, flags on. I think one of the passengers was uh, like maybe a trans, uh, trans man. So basically, and then, so they, they were just chilling on a lake, right? I think a, a, another group of people came by and started harassing them, basically, like, uh, uh, go around them like six times, try to generate waves to rock the boat, and then also like uh, one lady on the boat flick a finger on these, uh, you know, uh, people on the, on on a boat on a pride boat, and then so yeah, after they did a few times, they left, and then like after two two three seconds later, the the boat that uh, the boat that was harassing the harassers basically like the, the boat basically exploded. <laughs> and caught fire so so actually so actually these people actually had to so the the, the people on the on i guess the uh i guess the the pride boat people have to rescue these harassers basically so it's like instant karma basically so that is instant karma mm-hmm. what do you think that they were thinking when as they went on the other boat where they're just like do you, do you think they realize they're like, God, I'm such an asshole? Or like... no, actually, no, actually, they were pretty. 
they were pretty like screaming even on a on a boat and being rescued and then they didn't even say thank you or anything they were also like just being a still or being a my assholes man yeah Oof, well <laughs> yeah. wow that's uh interesting yeah no it is i mean that's uh an interesting i guess coincidence mm-hmm. yeah i guess I'm, I'm surprised to me is that i just surprised that people will be knows that blatantly like being harassed the other people just because of like uh i guess in this day and age i'm still kind of surprised that people do that right so mm-hmm. yeah no it's annoying yes yeah. i mean i feel like i don't know i feel like people are just dopes just generally but Hmm. So, if you get that yeah. upset about a rainbow flag, you must have a hard life because uh, they're pretty common these days, you know, yeah. just about everywhere in June. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even most businesses like will like overlay the rainbow like on their logo. So. Yeah. I guess this is kind of playing to the niece and us mentality, right? Maybe they were, you know, like the niece and us, they, they were seeing that, you know, they're different. So maybe they became a like, really... Uh, just hate, I guess, the hate come from whatever they were believing, right? So, oh, I would definitely speculate that tribalism probably played into, uh, you know, yeah. that level of hate. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be my guess, at least. All right, cool. Let's move on to the next uh, story. I heard it was pretty funny. Uh, have you have Have you heard of the Ukrainian couple like handcuffed together for like a couple months? No. So. Okay, on this year, 2021, on, on Valentine's Day, you know, this couple have been like, way in rocky relationships, right? So they, they, so in the last ditch to save their relationship, they handcuffed them together, themselves together for like 123 days. One, two, three, 133 days to save their relationship, basically. So. So did it, did it work? work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously not. Otherwise, it wouldn't be news, right? So, <laughs> so, so, so they, they done it. And then on the last day, they have one guy came, came with a, uh, what do you call that? Uh, bike cutters or bolt yeah. cutters. Yeah, bolt cutters and to cut them off. And then the, the girl basically, once that happened, he, she said, hooray, I'm free finally. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this doesn't seem like the sort of thing that would uh, work. I think yeah. it would just make the other person annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they were talking about they have to go tonight. You know, of course, you think about that you need to go to the bathroom together too, right? So, how do you even get oh. changed? I guess, like, how do you put shirts on if one of your hands is handcuffed? I don't know. It's, I guess no private. I don't know. They have weighed. This good question, actually. How do they put the shirts on? Right. Yeah. Maybe they fake it. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. But yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, I, I mean, it, it just, I think the better way to do it would be they take like independent vacations, like hmm. for 123 days. <laughs> and then they can see yeah. if that were like distance helps. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, all hmm. right. Any, any, any thoughts on this one? On, I can we just move on to the next story. Yeah, the third I, one. I, our professional, or sorry, our unprofessional advice was don't do this. Yes. Yeah, I'm now. <laughs> All right. The other one is uh, CCP. Oh, actually, maybe it's not. Uh, have you guys 
did you guys celebrate in a hundred years birthday of the CCP? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Chinese Communist Party? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I did not celebrate the birth. I didn't know it was the hundredth year. Yeah. And I was not planning on celebrating it either yeah, way. Yeah, me either. Me either. Me either. I was watching a little bit. I was like, whoa. Because I'm trying to bro- bring in a, a global perspective here on this show. So that's why I want uh, to. <laughs> how did China fare in the last pandemic? Like, was it born out of the last pandemic? This, I think it's pretty good. He's doing pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a lot of shutdown or anything. There's not very few cases. Like, cause well, they, no, 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 they, no. But I mean, like, in 1918, like, the Spanish flu or whatever. Like, like, why was it born 100 years ago? 19 what? 19, so it would have been 1921. Oh, well, you yes. know, you know what happened during that time? What was that? What is that? There was so many uh, wars going on in China, and like, so many people got killed. Like there's a revolution, re- revolution after revolution, I right? And there's no. Uh, so, for example, like in 1921, like 1911 or 12, I think a Republic of China was formed, which is which is right after the monarchy. The, the Qing Dynasty basically falls, right? And then the Republic of China. And that was actually tried to be a republic, like parliamentary kind of uh, government, mm-hmm. right? And and they basically, and then in the beginning, they were thinking of military rule, right? So actually, during that time, there are a lot of communists in the, in their party as well, the national whatever party, and they were trying to working with communists. And actually, and then when, when the, First president of Taiwan, when he took over, right, he actually tried to like, purge all these communists, right? So they were, they killed like, almost like maybe, I don't know, like, maybe 200,000 communists. So yeah, there was a, it, they were also doing that like, public beheading as well. So I, I was, I did not, I did not know that he, and be like previously, you know, I was kind of, it made me think that like, there's no, I'm surprised that communists actually like, we acted so violent and took over, tried to fight, tried to start a civil war, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> communist perspective. So, yeah, China was really... So, China had go through, like, during that time, like, Spanish flu. I, they probably don't even have time to care about food, right? Because they were, <laughs> they were fighting for survival. And then before that, there was also uh, opium war, right? Like, British... <laughs> Like Britain and France, I was surprised that British Britain and France actually tried to force the, the government Qing Dynasty to legalize opium in China because they they banned it and they was forcing them to legalize. It. I said, like, what has going on? <laughs> yeah, and then and around the around the Civil War time, do you know how many people died? You know how many people died in American Civil War, right? It's the most casualties. Of an- it's, it's about five hundred k people. So point point okay. five million people, and during the same time in China, actually there's a revolution going on too. And then uh, actually during that time, actually twenty million people die. So during that period, so whew, yeah, more than 20... <laughs> all of World <laughs> so, War Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I mean, so yeah. Anyway, so I guess uh, I guess my point is to give a little bit uh, credit to the CBC to. Keep China stable. No people die as 
not as nimble die right now, more stable government, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, no, that's, I mean, that's sort of what I was curious why they sort of form, but that clarifies. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I mean, one reason they were formed because the people are very, the people are very, basically are very suffering, right? People are dying on a, you know, everything, everything is going down the drain, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, <sighs> good for them. All right, <laughs> good for All them. Right. All right, perfect transition to us. First his name. <laughs> All right, so I guess to start, you know, we sort of have the general question of like, why do humans divide people into us versus them categories? Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess two things that I sort of I, like two general like claims that I would make is it something that's it's something that's probably innate in, um, you know, human animals to sort of form these categories. And I would say that it's an, it's innate because of sort of our limited cognitive resources and like these types of, uh, I guess the type of this type of organization and thought is probably advantageous from an evolutionary standpoint because of its efficient, like computational efficiency. Um, I will say that like the us and them categories we make, I don't necessarily think that those are like innate in any real way or meaningful way. So those may be more constructs. So I guess, so, yeah. yeah. Before you go on, can you give some examples? I think you gave some examples earlier in the beginning already. Now, can you give some examples of us versus them, like mentality? Like, do you, do you mean like country and country? Like does country, like for example, U.S. and China, is that is that us sure. versus their mentality or no? And then maybe in its other simpler examples. Right. No, I mean, I mean, I think the sort of classic ones that people will go to all the time is, yeah, like nationalism. So like my country versus the rest of the world. Uh-huh. Or, uh, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot with respect to racism, particularly in the news now. So you like identify with your ethnic group or racial group and mm. sort of the others, um, socioeconomic, sort of the 99% versus the 1%. I mean, mm. so there's like... I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, basically every Sports argument. Teams. Yeah, I mean, even, <laughs> yes, the, like, the less serious example, but, yeah, I mean, like, if you go to a, like, a, you know, I mean, I'm a Bruins Patriots fan. game. Yeah, oh, Patriots, <laughs> yeah, Patriots, Bruins, like, if you go to a Boston sports stadium and you wear, like, a New York uniform, you're probably going to get harassed, so. Mm-hmm. The play gate? Yes. Oh, all right, different topic. So, in the spirit of interrupting you, um, yes. so, I mean, there's, I think there's, it's very intuitive why, I mean, they call it tribalism, right? And that kind of provides the intuitive idea of why this might exist. Like this sort of thinking could help your tribe, you know, stay cohesive and mm-hmm. have an advantage over an opposing tribe. Uh, you know, but is there, you said this is what you believe. Is there like evidence? Is this something people have seen like evidence of being like, oh, we think there's like genes or like, you know, actual like evolutionary pressure for this, or is it just kind of like speculation at this point? We're not sure. All right. So, I mean, I guess I did try to look at it from a, uh, a, I guess a more like how our brains are structured, like physiological perspective as well. So I guess to start that 
line of thinking. Um, I, I asked the question, why do we perceive? So mm. why do we perceive the world around us? <laughs> what, like perceive anything or things as groups specifically? Uh, I mean, either or. So, I mean, you could start literally as just the basic, like, why do we perceive at all? So we can find food. That's correct. It's number one. (laughs) Yes. So perception helps with our, yes, exactly. So our perception helps with our ability to like act in our world. So in psychology, they talk about the four F's, like fighting, fleeing, feeding, and mating. It's a joke. I think it's (laughs) funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so we, we perceive to be able to survive. And we, and with our perceptions, we build models of our world, right? Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, when you have a model, like it gives you an advantage because basically you have like certain variables. So, like where you are, like what, you know, exists in that space and how that those variables interact with one another. So, I mean, if you're at like, uh, so, I mean, uh, an example that I like, I guess I, you know, may come back to is like, if you're sitting at a restaurant mm-hmm. and like, it's like a relatively intimate restaurant, relatively quiet. And like, all of a sudden you hear like someone like screaming, <laughs> you sort of admit, like, you know, based on your model of what like an intimate restaurant should like sound and feel like that something is amiss, like something is not like... something is like wrong with this like mental model of where we should be so in the construction of those models you can anticipate sort of what's the norm and you can anticipate what's abnormal and abnormal like allows you to like react and respond so if that person's screaming is like there's like a you know a murder happening here like you can get away (laughs) So, so it gives you an evolutionary advantage to sort of one, like model your world and to sort of make an assessment about like, uh, so given that model, you can make an assessment about normal or abnormal. So, uh, no people profiling out, profile you, I mean, I don't know, you make me think about like profiling other people, right? You have a model of this person, like it was someone people, you know, is like walking on a street, you know, you see someone, you might be more alert and you see someone you might be more careful right right exactly right exactly so 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 work so our brain so i i guess our brain is very good at sort of uh i mean basically if we think i mean this is a gross oversimplification but like if we think about like neurons or like systems of neurons as like representing certain variables in our world and like the connections between those like groups of neurons, well, individual neurons slash groups of neurons is like sort of relationships between those variables. Um, a lot of scientists and a lot of people have sort of, uh, I guess, modeled at least areas of the brain or certain systems of the brain as like constraint satisfaction problems, which is, I mean, which is essentially exactly that, which is basically like networks of like digital neurons that are, well, I mean, they don't need to be, I guess, digitally encoded, but uh, generally we think of them as like constraint satisfaction problem is you have a bunch of variables and mm. those variables are uh, like have influences on each other. So like, you know, so if we go back to the, so if we go back to the restaurant and the restaurant is like dimly lit, like 
cloth napkins, like nine out of every 10 people have steak on them. Like we can like, so those like, so the variables is like the ambiance, the, you know, the, uh, the, the ambiance of the restaurant, like what are at the table. So like cloth, uh, uh, like cloth tabletops, like cloth napkins, like steak knives and what people order is like nine out of 10 people have steak. Like the, the, in uh, the variable we're trying to predict is um, like the price of the bill. Like we're able to predict mm-hmm. that the price is probably high <laughs> just based mm-hmm. on those other variables. Right. How fancy it is. Yeah, exactly. It's a, fa- so it's probably a fancy restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so basically like, uh, so I, I would sort of claim that, or, and like many, there, there have been countless, countless papers like McClelland and Rumel Hart had like a super famous one where they like modeled, uh, perception of words like um using like essentially they they model perception of words using uh like a constraint satisfaction problem and like the performance of the model in perceiving language like that was very similar to like how humans would perceive it like if they had a missing word in a sentence or like a word that was like garbled over the phone like the model guessed the same word as people did like again and again and again so, so, so the um, whole point of model is to make predictions, predict. right? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the whole point of uh, so the whole point of the model is to make a, pred- a prediction, and so these constraint satisfaction problem type models are essentially you use you know the the values of certain variables that are there to sort of fill in variables that you may not be able to perceive immediately perceive, right? So yes. if we go back to the oh, go ahead, yeah. I was gonna say. So, what what does it have anything to do with uh, this and uh, this versus then mentality? Right. So, so basically, um, the idea is that you like you have certain models of the world, right? Mm. Like, yeah. and the, sort of the and people who I guess would have similar models to you. You know, those co-located with you, uh, those who share similar experiences to you, um, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of you, I mean, it makes sense that like, I mean, way back when, um, like we actually lived in more like tribes, like we were hunter gatherers, like, like when we were literally evolving our brain, like the people who are closest to you were the people who looked and sounded and, uh, you know, uh, like basically were the most similar to you of, uh, uh, and really the only people you encountered, right? Yeah. So, yes. I mean, so, and they were uh, the people who surrounded you were also the people who were responsible for your survival <laughs> or mm-hmm. a, at least to a certain extent, right? Like they, like not only did they reinforce your worldviews cause they sh- like likely shared many of those having like lived with you for all the time. But they also like, you know, when you were sick, they were the ones who had to like, you know, care for you and aid you. And um, they uh, they were the ones who sort of like if you were, you know, a gatherer, they brought meat to, you know, supplement your diet, things like that. So they would be associated like so uh, the variable of like, is this person trustworthy would be like for those types of people would be yes. So, so you, the, you're saying that you have certain model of the person that are in your group, basically. That 
they are person that's gonna keep you safe. You have certain so, model of that, that that type of person. Right, right. So so it's like yes. So when you lived in tribes, mm-hmm. like you know, yes. So the people who sort of you associate as part of your tribe becomes trustworthy. Okay. And that so what so if they tell you something or the things that they believe become mm-hmm. like you know i mean we've talked about how like certain variables like like these variables are connected with one another right like there's yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's an yeah. influence so if they are viewed as trustworthy and they sort of tell you something that you are like influenced like i mean you're not it's not like a guarantee you believe that but it's like there's a positive influence associated with like someone I view as like me as trustworthy as part of my tribe. Like they have a positive view of this. So you may be skewed to have a positive view of it, at least to a certain extent. So like remind me of growing up in China where I have all these books telling me that the Western world is the enemy, right? The imperialism, Americans, you know, on a Europeans are, you know, try to, uh, kill communism and the communist is the best mm-hmm. <laughs> protector of the world of people and stuff like that and so i guess i at that time i guess i had not not i trust the teachers and the books i guess so i used to bring believe what they say i guess right is that is that kind of thing like whatever the people are you trust tell you message you kind of believe when they say yeah, well, yeah, so ex- that's basically, uh, that. I mean, that is basically it, right? I mean, what you knew, the people who were providing you education, providing you shelter, providing you, you know, whatever, you know, sort of were telling you something, like telling you a certain thing. And, you know, so, I mean, the variables, like, yeah, so, I mean, like all the positive variables, like, you know, I mean, that they kept you alive, that they, you know, taught you you know what like you what you were told you were supposed to know um so yeah. all of those things that like put them in the sort of tribe and trustworthy camp like made you like skewed like yeah i mean skewed your impression of them such that what they told you you sort of wanted to believe right and and also you didn't have exposure to the other so in this case the other would have been i guess the western world so mm. so if uh, i can try summarizing this uh, to make sure I'm getting it right. So you're, you're saying based on how our brains work, which is heavily relies on associations between concepts, mm-hmm. you naturally sort of associate trust with your in-group, the group that you are used to or identify with. Um, and, and then other groups you don't assign that trust. Is that what you're trying to say? Essentially, yes. So I don't know that like you naturally, it's not like, so I guess by the nature of grouping things together, um, that like you will associate the in-group with trust, right? Because it's like if they're if they do things for you that are positive, then that like sort of natural, like you know they do things for me that's positive. So it's like you know the ideas they present to me are gonna at least be flavored in a positive way, right? So. Mm-hmm. So, so kind of re- oh sorry ahead. you can go Stu. oh you go ahead first 
Okay, so I'm just going to repeat my question with a bit more nuance then before I drop it. But I mean, so this this is like a hypothesis that makes sense, right? Okay, based on what we know about the brain, it's a reasonable explanation. But is this something, is this just like a hypothesis that people speculate? Or is there actually like any evidence that this is real? You know, this is how it actually works. Um, it's okay. I, it is it's not like a criticism, right? Because I no, assume- no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just curious what, you would constitute as like so there is evidence that like you know i mean like i say they've done i guess studies where it's like oh if we build like constraint satisfaction uh like type models and compare human performance and like the model performance for these like relatively specific problems like the there is support for that type of yeah like that or there's a correlation between like model performance and person performance so it's like the way our brains are structured seems to be yeah like i guess there's pretty strong evidence that our brain is like heavily like concept like association based right Mm -hmm. um and just the sort of the structure there um like you know the fact that like how we learn like how the brain evolves over like time and aging like supports that so i guess but i don't know that they're like i guess i don't know what evidence would necessarily be like you know this is definitely like i don't know what yeah i guess any i guess what was i mean i'm not looking for hard evidence here right like i'm not a journal review board it's just like so like i you know when you say like oh they have things that show like a csp solves you know missing words similar to human i'm like that seems reasonable um, I guess I was just wondering if if the group think sort of in group out group falls out of that sort of structure because you know there are so there's generalities of how the brain works but we also know there's special structures that do specific things in the brain right so I could see it also being possible that it was a unique thing that evolved independently or it could be something that falls out of naturally sort of from this sort of uh, grouping and association that the brain does so you know, it was there any, I guess, was there any evidence that says like, oh yeah, because of this is how the brain works. That's where in groups, out groups sort of come from, derive from that. But I, yeah, I mean, how do you even test that? I don't know offhand. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, I, there are certainly studies like, I mean, so uh, I can say like there are studies, like a lot, there have been studies that look at like differences between like adult brains and like um, you know, children brains. And uh, I guess, like, I- I'm trying to think about this now, okay, because the question, I mean, the question is a fair one, I-, I guess, like, but for example, in those studies, like, they argue this, like, tribalism isn't really, uh, like, so they're looking at tribalism more in the context of, like, racism. So, like, they showed, like, people of, di- like, adults of different races, like, or, you know, people of a certain race, like other adults of like different races. And that like caused activation, like, you know, essentially, you know, during an fMRI that caused like activation of like areas of associated with fear in the brain, like the amygdala, like fear and stress. Right. Mm, Whereas, sorry, I got to go real quick. I'll be right back. Yes. So go ahead. yeah, but I was just going to say, uh, but in children, it didn't cause that same activation. Hmm. But net, that could be because, so yeah, you go ahead. What, what's the cause up there, though? What cause? Right. That so I mean, they argue that this, like, th- this showed like tribalism wasn't necessarily innate, but I would argue it just shows that like 
race-based tribalism. Like, like I say, like it shows that race-based tribalism isn't innate. Like that's a learned concept. Mm. But yeah. I would, I would still argue that like the concept of other is like the concept of other is still innate because like, again, so the brain is sort of working. Yeah, so I guess the brain is working with limited resources. So it's constantly sort of uh, yes. using so, certain, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I do a question about how <laughs> they do a study about racism because the, you say they show them pictures, and I do. Do they show white people, and I black people's picture, and black people, white people, just random pictures, and then see if they have a response in the amygdala? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yes. Do you have Do you have any like? So do what kind of picture I was running? What kind of do they just show like normal? For example, you have white white uh participant come in, and do they just show like random? Do they show like picture of like white people and black people, and also like what kind of black people, what kind of white people, right? So like, do they show like name like I don't know, dressed up like gangsters, or do they just like normal business suit like people? Like, uh, yeah, I'm not. I didn't go too far into the methodology of the <laughs> study because I was like, this seems like a typical sort of like psychology study that you know where it's like it's sort of they get sort of I guess the result they sort of want and 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 i mean it's not even necessarily like a result i question a ton i mean but like i say what i guess my argument and that's why i specify in the argument like the concept of us and the concept of other aren't necessarily like perfectly defined or like defined upon like certain lines Mm -hmm. it's just more like my thinking like we have pretty solid evidence that the brain you know has this idea of spread like And there's studies, like, for example, where it's like, if a person is asked to recall something, Mm -hmm. that's like very hard. And I mean, you'll have, I mean, you'll have this in day to day life, you'll be trying to recall something. And it'll be like on the tip of your tongue, right? Like, that's a saying like, oh, I just about have it. I just about have it. And in order to help you recall whatever you're trying to remember, you'll like start talking about like what happened, you know, yesterday. And it's like what, uh, you know, if you're trying to remember something from yesterday and you you don't remember quite what it was, you'll be like, oh, for breakfast, I had this for, you know, like, and then I went to the store, I went to the gym and then what, like, who did I see or something like that? And it's like who you saw had nothing really to do with any, what you had for breakfast, but it's sort of like there are memories in your mind that are like related to, you know, uh, th- that are related to, you know, you going to the gym yesterday, which is where you saw that person you knew. Mm. So, uh, so uh, like, basically, there's this concept of spreading activation and, like, cognitive and neuroscience that, like, act... So one variable sort of helps to stimulate, like, the other va- variable sort of either, either positive, positively or negatively. And so I guess, like, my argument is basically, like, we have good evidence that sort of the brain will, like you know, one value will have an influence on like other values of variables. So that sort of necessarily seems to say that like, you know, when one thing is true, like it'll like help bias our thinking like positively or negatively toward another thing. So that's mm. like sort of us versus them. So yeah, that's, I guess that's my argument. You made, 
you may have skirted around it, but one thing I think you said that to me makes it convincing is the flexibility of what counts as the group you're in, right? Like we talked a little bit yeah. about it. It can be a bazil- it can be so many different things. What is the group of you versus others, right? Mm-hmm. And that that flexibility does to me would seem to indicate that it might just fall out of the general way the brain thinks rather than literally being like a something specifically for um like your tribe to you know for you to encourage to work with your tribe it's just something that falls out it and it could have still been helpful for that right but right if you can identify with you know a youtube channel you subscribe to right and call that your community <laughs> you know it's it's pretty flexible Right, right. And I and I mean, I think a lot of like, I mean, I know we are going to get into social media a little bit, but like sort of I think online communities now like are like, I I mean, so people will obviously argue like, you know, like there's still sort of like the, you know, the race political like affiliation debates and, you know, whatever. But I mean, I think there are like Reddit (laughs) like reddit i mean matt probably knows better than either of us but like reddit communities people like super identify with and like they're called subreddits come on (laughs) all right yes Yes. subreddits people identify with and uh, wall street bets (laughs) yeah exactly wall street bets yeah so i mean i would say like there are people on there who are like or like i mean even doge like you know especially during like the doge like height like, it was like, you know, this is the Doge family and like, you know, people like, uh, there were people who seemed at least at a, you know, online to sort of be representing like, you know, I love these people. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, you don't know them, but I guess like, they can associate a lot of positive things with like, owning Dogecoin. So, yeah, have, yeah. Have you heard of the Bitcoin maximum lists? I don't think so. That. So these are the people right now. And there's a new like something also, like Bitcoin like toxicity going on in a uh, in Bitcoin uh, world too. Is like the maximalist basically they believe like the, every everything else like they believe that Bitcoin is the only legit like critical currency. So every, if anybody talk about every other cryptocurrency, they just they just like go crazy on you. Say hey, don't you know? They just like if someone say oh, like, I think. Floyd Mayweather have a like was on a stage talking about oh you know Bitcoin you know may in the future there might be something else that was like gonna replace Bitcoin probably right and he just said that probably and then the the audience just went crazy like booing like no you know so, anyway so there's a whole it became a almost like a tribe now for the Bitcoin like people and I like, so it became like very toxic environment in a way so yeah like, any, anything if you say anything bad about Bitcoin they just like gonna almost like they come on they will kill you right a lot of people who are invested in only bitcoin (laughs) don't want people to have very into other coins but uh so what's interesting i'll I'll bring up something slightly different to help push the discussion along but when you talk about spreading activation kind of associations i've seen examples of someone like i mean you see this with political groups right let's say someone's like joins a kind of there in college they start getting involved in politics they join a group like the libertarian party or the green party or you know their clubs right the republican club or democrat and it's sometimes they'll join them first because they agree with a few maybe core ideas or values but then it very easily they'll say like what does the group think about xyz all these other issues and like they'll very easily accept 
like, oh, that must be the right view then, right? And this sounds kind of exactly what you're talking about. They're like, well, if I agree with you on these main things I care about, I don't have to, like, it's hard to research every topic, right? So then you just say, oh, I guess I will just accept their views on other things and sort of adopt that as my group. Sure. Yeah. And that, I guess, goes with like the computational efficiency, right? And like sort of the tribes of like when we were like an evolving human, like when we lived in like hunter-gatherer tribes and stuff like, I mean, there's sort of like the designated, like, or not necessarily the designated expert back then, but like you can think of like, yeah, the sort of experts of like, you know, the young Republicans or young Democrats or whatever, who it's like, oh, I don't know much about this issue, but it's like, yeah, I agree with them on the core things. They seem smart. They accept me. Like they seem to want what's best for me. So like, if they're telling me like, this is the answer, then I'll just accept it. So back in the day, it's like, you know, if if you sort of like, if I know you from our small tribe and I've hunted with you before and you've saved my life, like, and I'm injured or I like need help, like I'm going to like trust you to help me, you know, because mm. you've demonstrated like help before. So right. yeah, also because uh, as you mentioned, I we have brain power is limited, the brain capacity. Mm-hmm. Also for personally, for me, like, Yes, my brain is limited. Brain power is limited, but I'm also very lazy too, right? A lot of times like, people tell me something. I say, okay, uh, you seem trustworthy. You know, I, I trust you. Uh, I think this, your opinion sounds good, sounds reasonable to me. And I can adopt that opinion, you know? Sometimes it's like, like news, anything that like, report on the news, right? You say, okay, that makes sense, you know, stuff like that. I just like too lazy to do any like, fact checking or research, right? Yeah, stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. No. And I mean, I think that sort of is what, like, I think that's what all of this boils down to is like, basically, like, why do we have it? Because it's computationally efficient and we have limited resources. And, you know, and basically, like, how do you, I guess, prevent, like, having this type of mentality? It would be like metacognition. Like, so the idea of like thinking about how you're thinking, challenging sort of the opinions that are presented to you, challenging your own thinking, but thinking again, about thinking. Yes. Thinking about thinking. Wow. That's, you're going yeah. deep there. Yes. So that's, yeah. So I guess like, I mean, what about meta- thinking about thinking about thinking. <laughs> yeah. <Never mind. laughs> so, okay, I, okay. yeah. So metacognition is uh, the word I use. Like, I guess an article I read was like mindfulness is the word they use. But basically, it's like just being rational and purposeful and like our thoughts and opinions is sort of how to combat this. But I, again, you sort of circle back to the problem of like, how much mindfulness can you do? Like, you know, yeah. at a certain point, there's like, like you just there's not time in the day like unless i guess if you just want to dedicate like become a monk and just like go and think and be silent and you know that's like i guess how like perpetual mindfulness would be like the only i guess answer to you know sort of not having this all right i'm gonna keep throwing hard questions at you Mm -hmm. so you know mindfulness is a way to deal with your own sort of tribalism it's very reasonable i think you can if you think about try to take a good faith view of what other people are saying you can overcome the initial bias i agree with that now what do you do though if the other person is sort of wrapped up in this tribalistic you know thinking and you're like but you know like you know you're trying to get your point across or say present them with new evidence to challenge their views is there some way is there some way either to get around it or would the best thing to do to try to 
you know, somehow figure out a group that you can uh, make yourself like find a group that YouTube could both be in to try to like exploit? Or what do you think? Um, yeah, so I guess, so this is less about overcoming us versus them in general and more, well, and more overcoming like us versus them, like, like it was a specific, like in a grounded, like me and someone yeah. else. Yeah. Like yeah. if, you know, if, you know, you don't have, yeah. Like in <laughs> yeah. a specific, in a discussion, like in one discussion, right. You're trying to like get to the truth of something with people who you disagree and you mm-hmm. feel like they're falling into this uh, thinking, you know. Is there a way to draw them out without, you know, being like, you need to be mindful of your tribalistic thinking, which is likely not going to work. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, I would say that, I mean, I think that I, I I think the key, you are on to something there that it's probably, and maybe you aren't the person to do it, but maybe like if you could incorporate like, like an idea that, uh, or like an idea or a person that is in there sort of. Like, because I mean, I don't know, like you could I, certainly bring up ideas that like, oh, I agree with that. Like try to make yourself closer to that in group and just say like, we're divided on like this particular issue, but like, mm. we're not like, t- so I mean, I think there's uh, like maybe sort of connecting on other things, but I mean, I think it's really like maybe... The better thing is bring bring in a person who's like like very clearly in their in group, who like may like at the very least respect the evidence you have on the particular issue you're discussing. Did you did you forget what Benjamin Benjamin Franklin told you what to do? Probably, probably. Socratic (laughs) method. Oh yeah, Socratic. Oh yeah, that's right. Ask questions. That's right. Just keep asking questions. Like, why do you think this is? Like, why? And then just I don't know. Just until they figure out, they came to the real conclusion. Oh, maybe they could be wrong in a way. So, (laughs) in a way, that's true. That could work. Or I like I like Mike's idea though. You try to find someone in their in group who you know agrees. Yeah, uh, you know, I, or you don't worry about the details, and you just keep saying a lot of people think this. A lot of people say, you know, yeah, that's right. I'm the best. This seems to work too. No, mm, I, so I, yeah. coming, yeah, going back to originally. So it was, I guess, I want question that is that did you conclude that it was innate or no? I think I missed that. Yes, yes. Well, so okay, so the, basically. Like, I guess the thesis I have is that us versus them is sort of, uh, is innate, but like the us and them category. So we born with it. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. So how our brain like works (laughs) is like, there's concepts that are related and, and basically like, so as you learn something about a certain like concept, that's going to like sort of bias your thinking about these like related concepts and the relationships between concepts are often like, I mean, often concepts that aren't even really related, I see, I see. Are related so, in our brain. Like everything yeah. is connected because it's so densely connected. So, so yeah. you're, you're saying we, we, we did not born with it, but it actually is, is how brain is, like limited how in the brain is structured we actually learn stuff over time so we learn to to group ourselves into categories learn related concepts learn learn a concept okay this is in group this out group so that does doesn't it mean since if it's learned behavior then it's not innate right 
if it's well, like because our brain tend to learn relate stuff, right? Well, well that's it, an interesting thought. I guess it depends how you define innate, but like yeah. it's innate in the sense that if Mike's hypothesis is right, which seems very reasonable, uh, it's innate in the sense that it's like, it's how your brain inherently works leads to it. But like mm-hmm. the grouping, like, you know, but you know, obviously like what groups you think of and what, how you think of those groups is obviously not innate. Right. Right. So the us and them are learned, but mm-hmm. like the, the us, the presence of us and them is, is innate, like is based like our brain is essentially like a greedy computational learner, right? Mm. So, so basically, when like when you're greedy, you're gonna just like like go toward local optimum. So, so okay. basically, like you know, so y- your model of the world is is good enough to help you survive, but not optimal. Yeah, I guess there's a let's do a little bit evidence that I there might be innate. I mean, is like when baby are born, like. Just like few, like maybe in the first hour or two, they were baby were able to, I think, meet me like human face, mm-hmm. right? So there's evidence I think uh, that had uh, do on babies, they were able to like mirror and like, mimic your facial expression right away, right? So that means you know if that behavior is that is behavior is innate, right? So so it's not something they learn. So I, I wonder if if you put a monkey's face or something, or maybe a robot's face, would they do something similar? If they, it, so that, that kind of said, that means they were able to distinguish between human face and non-human face, right? That, that is kind of a category already. already. If they were able to do that, I, I assume, I think they, that means they, they might be able to do that, right? Right. So, so no, that, no, no, that, no. that kind of, that kind of shows is, is innate behavior is babies already know how, Okay, this is human. This is not human. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no. The, br- the brain. Uh, sorry, Matt. Uh, so the brain is like very good at specializing during the first year of life. I mean, that's really what this comes down to is like specializing, like mm. the brain to perceive the world in certain ways. So for like, uh, so within the first like two years or something, there like is a tremendous amount of pruning. So like loss of connections in the brain, like loss of connections uh, of neurons in the brain. And that's actually to like help the brain specialize in doing things like, yeah, identifying human face. And also like they, I don't. Yeah, but, but this is in first hour when they were born, not first year. Right, right, right. right, right. Within one hour when they were born, right? So. Yeah. So, uh, so that's a more evolved thing. Yeah. Like in V4, there's like the FF facial form fuse you know v4 part of the visual cortex mike we have listeners who don't read papers on this stuff yeah <laughs> or we, so, if we have listeners they probably don't read papers on yes this yes stuff. okay so um but yeah but there was a study done and it's like in children like i can't even like i don't know how again the methodology of these studies is suspect and amazing to me but like basically like newborns were able to like they were able to hear like the difference in a phoneme so like the sound of a language in Mm. japanese and like one in japanese and one in english that like adult speakers of like like so the adult speakers of japanese uh, or adult japanese speakers could not hear like the english phoneme and like uh, like the english speakers could not hear like the japanese phoneme but like newborns in both languages like could like hear the difference essentially mm. um so 
but by the time they were like 11 months old or something like the babies couldn't hear it like the babies heard like their like native language like you know the phoneme from their native language but like couldn't separate the like english or japanese one so 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 in any case like specialization (laughs) okay so i want to talk about the what about identity like even though in tribalism right i mean you associate with a group, not a team, it actually makes you feel good, right? Because you say, oh, I'm, I'm in this group. You know, I know, you know, I know what's, like, Americans, right? Okay, this is, like, like make American great. Like, again, that's the sentiment, right? It's like, oh, we want to, America is great, right? It's the greatest country, right? So you are in that group thinking and you, I mean, make you feel good about yourself too, right? So how that does brain, I guess, do you have any, do you know any neuroscience about that? That you do you get a dopamine hit hit whenever you feel like you are you know you you feel like you are in your group that is better than the others, right? Sure. Yeah. I I mean I don't necessarily have like a good study that pops like into my head immediately, but yeah. I mean I think there. I'm sure there are studies that basically like when you have social like we're social animals, so I'm sure when you you know, have relationships and particularly like, you know, like, like positive relationships of any, in any respect. And particularly those that like, you know, put you as like a dominant animal, like you probably get some type of dopamine hit. Sure. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about conspiracy theories? Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, well, I mean related and all to tribalism. Ooh, I have a high, I have a hypothesis now based on what, how Mike's talked about it, okay. you know? So, you know, I guess it's kind of like, I mean, obviously like conspiracy theorists, they'll just identify like most things as the other group and then mm. share the false belief, right. You know, spreading activation, they just shove the government and, you know, all politicians and scientists and like everyone else into like one group. Mm-hmm. And then they say, these are all false, right? Ha, 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 okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And also, I mean, well, some... okay. Well, what's your hypothesis? Me? Yeah, that was my hypothesis. Can you restate it again? I, I guess I didn't get it. So, so thinking of it as like modeling groups and then associating groups traits with different groups together, you know, associating things that are t- similar with similar traits. It seems like conspiracy theorists throw like almost everything together in one big group that is the other right because often they're kind of incoherent about who is behind the conspiracy right is it big business or big government evil scientists you know certain ethnic groups which are you know not viewed favorably by them you know whatever and and sometimes if you talk to them they'll just jump between the all of them right like kind of randomly so Mm -hmm. i feel like they just group these all together in one other group and then again associate a similar traits of just like it's the big whatever is lying to you and it's you know for their own benefit somehow hmm. yeah. okay no, i think I'm, yeah okay yeah i'm not sure i'm necessarily agree with the hypothesis i think Sorry. i think I'm, I'm more inclined to to I go to the I feel good feeling of being in the known, I being that you like mm. being unique, right? In a in a conspiracy group where you think that other people are don't know the truth and you are 
the unique ones that knows the truth. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a feeling of uniqueness that make people want to believe in a conspiracy theories, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, to a sense of uniqueness, superior, superiority, right? Because I feel like personally, me too, right? Whenever someone says something that I disagree with, I feel a sense of superior superiority sometimes. Like, oh, okay, I, I feel that I know better, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, those emotions, that, at least from my personal experience. <laughs> no, that seems reasonable. Yeah. I've also heard the claim that Conspir- a lot of conspiracy thinking comes from like a fundamental either either they're afraid of or refuse to believe in just like the chaos of the real world and they assume there must be someone behind the scenes sort of orchestrating yeah. it mm-hmm. um, you know rather than they just won't accept for whatever reason that the world's just like super complicated and a lot mm-hmm. of random stuff happens yeah but I don't know we're getting a little off topic here Mike how do you think this relates to group thinking well no, I mean I think in a way, you both could be right. Um, so, I mean, like, so a lot of conspiracy theories, like, in a way, they're like, you know, like flat earthers, right? It's like they mm. sort they they sort of do like, I mean, literally, the fact that there's like a group called flat earthers, like, they do in a way, like, I guess, mesh their identity with this, like, you know, conspiracy, like the and 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 it is viewing like the government, like anyone who like claims the like anyone who thinks the earth is round like Mm. is just like a sheep like who you know just follows like the government so it's like so i guess you are getting sort of the in-group out-group type thinking with like you know you either believe the earth is flat like me you know like me so again sort of that in-group like i trust you because you're you know you think the same way i do or you're a sheep because you believe the earth is round and uh you also but and you also get that superiority thing because it's like oh the government and education like and scientists and everyone is like tricking everyone but me and like my select group of people who know better Mm. so it sort of like does combine the two where it's like there is this like um you know and i mean like you i know on the document online you mentioned like cults too right like a lot of conspiracy theories and like cults, like they follow a person who allegedly like knows better. And that Mm. person often is promising things like, like promising things that make you special, right? Like Mm. you're a chosen person who's going to be like, you know, like we're going to be taken to another planet or whatever they believed in like Waco or whatever. I don't know. Waco. I don't know. Wherever that crazy person had them all kill themselves. So, um, so like they he promised them like you're special and like you know better than everyone else and like that's why mm-hmm. we have this cult that you know where I tell you you're special and I do what I want and you know you all sort of just go along with it and mm-hmm. so I think conspiracy theories like often will turn to like certain like leaders or people who like say like we know better and you know so they share that like we are, you know, we are the ones who know better and everyone else it just isn't in on it. So. Yeah, so, so you mentioned flat earthers earlier. So you, I feel like, I mean, flat earthers, I think they are right, right? Because for all intent and purposes, the earth is flat in your local area. So <laughs> besides, <Yes. laughs> if you are not a scientist, if you're not trying to go to the other space and I try to build a rocket or satellites, you don't really need to believe that Earth is round, right? 
around, right? East for in, our intent and purpose is for your like everyday use. You don't really need to believe that Earth is round, right? So right. I mean, I, I, intent, I, <laughs> I work with people in other time zones regularly, so <laughs> the knowledge that the Earth is round is actually useful to me on a mm-hmm. almost daily basis. I will say well, that. Well, but feel... that doesn't need you don't need to, need to relay that to. That could be just a big sheet of paper, right? And then people in different could locations it? have different time zones. I right? you flew... don't need to know why time zones work, right? I guess you don't need to know why time zones work, I guess. Well, if you take the direct flight from Detroit to Beijing, you go over the North Pole and you don't see the edge of anything. So, um, um still, you're in the airplane, you don't really look outside. So you don't really see anything that's outside anyway. So I will... I will accept the claim that you could live your life perfectly fine believing the earth is flat. It would yeah. just be, there'd be many things that you did often that would have no comprehensible explanation <laughs> if you believed it, right? Mm. Like plane travel and time mm. zones, seasons, okay. you know, <laughs> this, all sorts all of right. stuff. But, Sounds good. Enough about that, actually. So, so I do a question. I, because so far we've been talking about seems to be talking about tri- tribalism is a bad thing, right? So is it isn't that a good thing about tribalism, or is it just all bad? We just need to avoid it. Well, I mean, it's computationally efficient, I guess. So. Like, so from an evolutionary standpoint, I guess that's like, you know, the good thing. Like, if you have people, like, you know, you recognize, like, oh, the people around me, you know, we share these commonalities, and like that is sufficient like for me to trust that you know sort of trust them trust their opinions like if you know if you sort of have the correct i guess variables like that make a like actually determine that a person is trustworthy and good for you like you know then it helps to try like two is better than one or three or four like if a group actually works together like that's better than one person working alone so so could we say well, you, you've heard of like consensus decision making, right? Like the consensus of a group is usually better than the, cons- you know, one individual, right? Wisdom, wisdom of the crowd. Is this like, I mean, is this related? It feels like it'd be related. It, I, has there I, been any th- like connections on group, like invert group versus out group versus consensus? Uh, to be honest i don't know i mean it could it could be related i mean i'm just thinking i'm even thinking beyond like consensus versus just like it allows for people within like if you're if you have an in-group with like a diversity of like specialization like it allows for you to like each person to like specialize in things and like help you like you know i'm gonna trust like you know i'm the you know like chair maker so I'm going to trust, you know, like you that you can provide me with food and I'll provide you with seating. I don't know. So it was a terrible improv, but I had nothing. So, <laughs> so well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, the, the main thing about consensus is like, I think we always heard like, oh, two heads is better than one, right? So sometimes the, you have more people, you might be able to come up with a better decision. And then sometimes <laughs> you also came into the group thing. So I think it's, it's good and bad. If you don't, depends how you use it. I guess you became like, I guess there's no, uh, excess, excess is evil, right? It's too much of good things is a bad thing sometimes. So there's a, uh, what's that? Uh, the double edged sword, I guess, right? So scenario. 
But it do uh, remind I, me of like I mean, evolutionary. I mean, group is necessary for survival, right? Like right. in the most famous, you know, like Game of Thrones, the line, you know, when winter comes, you know, the lone wolf dies and then the wolf, the pack survives, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yes, yes. Now that's, I mean, well, I guess that's basically it, right? Like when we were evolving, we needed, like, we needed groups. So this, like, allowed for, you know, like us to form tighter knit groups and, like obviously resources, like resources outside of our head are also limited, right? So like that helps with the like sort of, like so our in group like wanted to access those resources, and the out group was more like you know the predator like taking those resources from us, like so it was like there was maybe more of a uh, you know like actual like concern about like survival there, like we needed to eat, or they need to eat. Like, only one of us is going to be able to eat. So, like, I need, like, to bond with my in-group and, like, hate actively, like, antagonize the out-group, right? All right. Last question. So, what's... Yeah, go ahead. May are you going to say something? No, I was just agreeing with your all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I guess, looking at yourself, what, what, what tribe do you think you are in? That, 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 this is too deep Oof. Matt go first <laughs> me go first oh my gosh I barely interacted with people for over a year though I don't feel <laughs> am I in any tribes um, you're on a reddit tribe what, what subreddits are you in yeah, this is getting personal I'm not giving you details on my reddit account that's a bad <laughs> that's a bad no, form I'm saying what's, what subreddit that groups do you join uh, you know usually if I'm playing a video game I'll join the mm. subreddit. There's some politics ones where people discuss things. Yeah, well, what are those? Those are libertarians <laughs> or what? There's the neo Why supremacy or Proud Boys? No. I, jo- I, I guess I could identify with liberalism as... But, the, you know, that's... Liberals, it's like a those political philosophy, too, right? right? But I, I probably identify with liberals. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This is hard. What about you, Shu? You asked this hard question. You got to go first. I might even go first. Go the next right. second. I'll give some more. I identify as American. I'm not ashamed of being American. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not the most patriotic person ever, but I like our country overall. You don't. You you don't. You don't have white guilt. I do not have. White. <laughs> uh, here, you're gonna get me in trouble. But no, I do not have white guilt. <laughs> well, 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 that gets you in trouble by admitting that you don't have white guilt. This is a touchy subject. <laughs> yes. Uh, everything gets you in trouble. So, um, but okay. I, I can say I don't mind being a, like, I would say American, but I, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that I find or like that sort of binds me with people is common sense of humor. Like mm. say that that is something like, like it makes me like I don't know like unites me with people or like helps me like or helps me trust them quickly if we have a similar sense of humor. A sense of humor. Yes. Not their characters. I mean, I guess not. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
So, I mean, no, I mean, I think I character factors in as well, but I mean, like, as I say, these, these us versus them categories are, it's not like a linear boundary. It's decidedly nonlinear. So Mm. it's hard thinking of things that I don't know. Yeah. I guess are like, I feel like most of them are really trivial, right? Like, it's like, if you bond over, like you ever meet someone and you, you know, don't know much about them. Right. But then you find out they do something like share a hobby or something. And then you're like, oh, all of a sudden you like have the shared hobby you can chat about. But it's kind of like suddenly it's like, oh, like you can tell kind of the way you feel changes because you're like, they're in this group that I know. Right. Right. And they talk about how like uh, even like even within couples, like, oh, sometimes it's less important to like the same things and more important to hate the same things. (laughs) So it's like. I mean, which is to a degree, definitely a joke, but, uh, but at the same time, it is like when you find out like someone is like very against something you're against or, or as you said, sort of very for something you're for, like it helps Mm -hmm. unite you. Like it gives you that, like the spreading activation Mm. and populates everything else more positively. Mm. All right, Shu, what groups do you identify with? It's hard to say. I think, uh, I think. I tend to, I have a tendency to be, to, to make myself have, to think of myself as a unique. So whenever I feel like there's a movement swimming to one direction, like mass, like for example, cancel culture, right? And then I tend to be like, try to move away from it, right? I say, okay, I want to be opposite of this maybe. Um, I have, I've noticed now I've been doing that, I think, especially now talking to you guys made me a little bit more swimming to the swimming to the conservative side because I never really heard that point of view before. And then because I think I used to be pretty liberal and I subscribed to the very the Hollywood idea of like I guess I, I guess society. And then just for example the cancel culture and and then I realized actually now for example now I'm swinging back because I feel like everybody is like everybody is like gain again. I was bashing cancel culture. I feel like now I need to support cancel culture. So my, my conclusion actually is cancel culture actually is a good thing, but it actually, <laughs> it is a good thing. But the reason it became a bad thing because it went too far. You had too much of it. People just became too, it became almost like too much. So I guess it became an actual cancel culture. So the, the, the idea in the beginning of cancel someone that's like just being very, just a bad person or something like that, right? That is a good thing. But it went too far, and it became, and then swing, the, the swing is swinging back now. So I think right now I need to. So I, I guess I, I guess I'm changing myself all the time. I guess try to be unique. I guess in a way. So contrarian to, is the word. Yeah. <laughs> what I said, contrarian. You just like being contrarian. Yeah. Also, I think I think um, innately, I think the feeling of, of being superior, right? Okay, I feel like oh, I I feel like okay, I'm different. So I'm unique. I I'm better than the others. So I think that I think have I have that sense about myself. I think that's why I kind of like doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, yeah, it's nice a sense of nice self righteousness, right? Of so because if you are self righteous, you actually feel good about yourself because you say, oh, okay, you are you are right. The other people are bad. You know, maybe you have that uh, wrong stuff like that, right? So I, I guess I I try to not try to try to be careful of myself doing that too too much right because uh i don't think that's a good thing but i guess that's but that's how i am so yeah so that's why i'm really curious about uh 
the feeling of your uniqueness, like the, the better than the other person, right? So I feel now I have the tendency to do that at times, yeah. So yeah, mm. cancel culture is good. The conclusion saying cancel culture is good. So keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Shu identifies with the cancel up? culture group. <laughs> yeah. No, that's all right. So so I like so I like people who make me laugh regardless mm. of their character. Matt is an American. And uh, first and foremost, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Shu is a cancel culture supporter. So. Yeah, oh. sounds so. good. Sounds good. I think. Uh, any anything else? I think it's good for today. Yeah. No. I'm oh, that's a. Sure. Actually, I do want to talk about one more thing about Benjamin Franklin. So I was looking into like computer conspiracy theories, and then to people like. About because I think there's our rumors about the founding fathers and also Benjamin Franklin, and I found something interesting about like the there's a conspiracy theory that uh, conspiracy theories that Benjamin Franklin was a mass murderer <laughs> because in because in 1998 uh, no, he's in in his London home basement they found like ten skeletons of like about 10 15 people in his basement so interesting were they were they all like you know was the serial killers usually like have a certain type where the skeletons similar like they're all women or they're all men or they're all kids or something i'm not sure about the detail on the bones but now of course that once that discovery happens people say oh okay benjamin franklin is basically a mass murderer right Uh. Well, he would be, so uh, just to be clear, like if you, a mass murderer is someone who kills like many at a single time. So if this is mm. spread across, technically he's a serial killer. But. <laughs> mm. so. Mike identifies with mass murderers and he doesn't want you associating That's him right. with, you know, the wrong people. Yeah. So. Anyway, so I think a lot of people counter to this rumor is that actually there's a simple exam, uh, explanation is because he had a roommate who was a medical student and then he used to do a lot of anatomy study and anatomy stuff in his basement mm. so yeah oh, okay i figured anyway. there would be several more likely explanations than he was a serial killer or something yeah like they could all have also been just buried after him or other things like you know right but mm. but medical student makes sense as well mm. yeah and also, there's a lot of rumor about Freemasons, right? He was the grand... I know he was the grandmaster oh, yeah. of the Mason, but Freemasons was... There's a lot of conspiracy theory thrown that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Illuminati. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I was yeah. going to talk about it, too. Those are exciting topics. <laughs> my grand, my granddad was in was a really high-up Freemason. Oh. But, you know, I don't really know anything about what he did, so... Oh, Interesting. Inside stories. Maybe your Inside parents. Had, maybe he had any notebooks. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Not that I've been shown or told about. So I think it's lost to history now. Oh, yeah. what? What is your grand grand? Is your grandfather or grand grandfather? Grandfather. So my dad's dad. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So we have oh. we have like the ring. He was like a thirty-second degree or whatever, which I think is like the highest degree a normal member can get. Oh. What? What do Freemasons or Masons believe? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. They, okay. Their meetings are secret. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, you can okay. look up what they say they believe, I guess. I think, I think in modern times, it's just sort of like a, I think it's like a religious community that does like some volunteer work and stuff now, or at least that's what they claim, right? Huh. Matt, okay. Be, in five years, Matt will be stealing the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Maybe you should. Uh, maybe we should do a uh, episode on that, talking about Freemason, so you can you can dive deeper into your family history. Yeah. So well, that's Matt's topic. I uncover, maybe uncover some secrets. Is it? I think it's yeah. Mike's brother's topic next week. Oh, if I'm still here, I'll just say that. <laughs> All, All right. right. All right. So we end the live stream? Yeah. All right. So see you next yeah. week. All right. See you guys see next week. All right. We are no longer on live stream. Junto Club. <laughs>